We're having a little raspberry tea time with Brian today, and it's lemon honey that you made yourself. Yes, it's delish. Delicious. Mmm! One, one little sippy poo. Oh, that's so good. Mm. Oh my god, that's delicious. Well, hey everybody, it is Nat with the Nat is Fascinated podcast, the wannabe weekly podcast, but it's not working out that way, but who cares why? Because there's no rules whatsoever. This is my podcast, and I get to say how it goes. Thank you for joining me for another great interview. I know there's thousands and tens and thousands of podcasts out there, but you have chosen me, and I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope you listen to all 11 after today, 11 episodes of Nat is Fascinated. It is a hoot, because I'm having a hoot. And today my guest is a, a, a friend I've known for a long time, but I haven't seen in a bit. So I'm really excited to talk to Brian today. Brian, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be part of your little fascination. Fascination with Nat. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Brian, we're going to start with how we always start. Brian, where are you from? I'm from Arizona. I'm a true Arizonan. Have you ever lived anywhere else? Uh, Colorado for a bit as a child. Okay. Do you come yeah. from a big family, small family? Oh, well, how do you define big and small? I'm thinking big is like Italian and not that. <laughs> um, uh, well, I guess up to grandparents. Okay. Cousins, siblings. Some cousins, step cousins. Uh, I think I've just discovered a lot of cousins since my mom passed away <laughs> last year. And they contacted me from my biological father's side. And he's a nut, so... The dad I had that passed away five years ago, he's been my dad since I was six. Mm-hmm. So my biological father, yeah, he's a nut. You don't have crazy in your life. So yeah. that side of the family actually contacted me. And they're just sweet, sweet people. So, I guess I have a larger family now. How beautiful. Are they here in Arizona? They're in Texas. Oh, wow. They're in Texas, yeah. Um, Is there... My mom's side, there's hardly anybody left. So, from where I half-sister, and she's 18 years my senior. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's more like a second mom than a sister. Gotcha. What did your mom do? She worked for good old Mountain Bell back in the day, and that's how she met my dad, that was my dad my whole life. What is Mountain Bell, by the way? Mountain Bell was a previous telephone company. Oh, gotcha. And they were also in cahoots with AT&T. They were one company. The biggest complaint was they're a monopoly. And no monopolies allowed in America. Well, <laughs> they worked. They had great policy. In fact, my dad actually wrote a lot of policy for Mountain Bell. Mountain Bell was mainly over the four corner states, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. And he worked his way up um, as an 18-year-old digging holes. But a lot of the policy with AT&T and Mountain Bell, he wrote, like I said, and one of the policies is your phone went down. It's up within 24 hours. Wow. Well, that's a pretty good policy. <laughs> so you try to look at customer service from companies today. Yeah, it's a monopoly, but they took care of business. Yeah. And they were very strict on, on wiretaps. So he eventually worked his way up to be the manager of security over the Four Corners states. So if the FBI wanted to wiretap, he was the man to talk to. Oh. So when he retired in the 90s, yeah, he, he knew FBI, local law enforcement, all of them. Because <laughs> he was involved in wiretapping. You know, give him a court <gasps> order and he had set it all up. 
Oh. Yeah, it was interesting how he worked himself. Yeah, he was a hard-working guy. Do you think you got some of your work ethic, which is amazing from him? Uh, probably, because I always have that echoing in my mind. Um, he always loved working in the yard. He would take on any task. Uh, working, if you need a, springs, uh, a sprinkler system in, he would be there with his tools wanting to do the trench he and set it all up and do all the plumbing. And all. he loved to work. Nice. Yeah. He was a workhorse. Um, what was your very, very first job? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have a Social Security card till I was 18, because I didn't think I could have one till then. But I wanted a name change, so the name I have now is not the name I was born with, because, mm-hmm. you know, my previous bio- biological partner, like I said, mm-hmm. and I've always been known by the name that I have now. So I got a legal name change, and then I got my social security card, then I was able to work. So my first job was when I was like around 18, and I know people have worked less than that, but I, my parents were blessed, and they worked hard for what they had, and we were, we were well off. We would never say we were rich, but upper middle class, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they worked for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They worked really hard for that. Uh, first job, I think it was $4 an hour. It was one of those cubby hole touch screen with a pen calling people for their opinion. Their <laughs> so opinion? It was a survey. Oh. And it was $4 an hour and I'd have to call out random people and you'd read the script asking for their opinion. You're not going to pay them. You're not asking for money. But you're asking for their opinion. And that was tough. You must have gotten yelled and at. That, no, just, I mean, you get a few, but a lot of hang-ups. Um, that job lasted for five days. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. That's all I can take. Okay. And what do you do now? Now? Oh, wow. I know. Uh, I do MRI. Yeah. I'm an MRI technologist, and that was a long journey from there to here. I've done many, many things. It's like a third career, I suppose. If you define a career that you've done anything more mm-hmm. for a year or two or something like that, however you define a career, but I guess this would be my third. Well, when I first first met you, you were working, I think, a minimum of two jobs while oh. going to school yeah. for this. So how long... Well, first, let's go back. Let's. What made you decide to do this, MRI tech? The reason you just stated, working so many jobs, I felt like the old... Oh, what was that show? They're Jamaicans. You have three jobs. Or I have three jobs. You just have one job. I have three jobs. You know, they work so hard. Right. <laughs> I just, I have three, four jobs. Um, but I'm very, very white. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, you are? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't hear it in my voice. Maybe, maybe you can't. <laughs> So you're working a lot. Working and then... a lot. I was a teacher. And then summer came around and, oh, no job. I have to, you know, do something so I don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for a summer job. I tried, well, where do I normally shop? So maybe I can get a discount for where I normally shop. Well, Sam's Club. Okay, let's try that. And I did the electronics in Sam's Club. But then you have to pull in the carts from the parking lot during... Uh, a very hot summer 
and that turned me off, and that job lasted. I'm still rehireable on there. But <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> oh, no, thank you. And and uh, and school started back up, so that was an excuse that I could not commit myself anymore. What kind of teacher were you, by the way? Uh, middle you, school. Middle school, okay. Yeah. Is there a topic? Seventh and eighth grade. Seventh There's different grade. middle schools. Some have some to ninth. This is seventh and eighth. And I, uh, so I did that. Another job I got into was Apple. It's just like, okay, where else do I spend my money? And what would, what would just be something very daunting for a big company that actually was Apple? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I got in. I worked hard just to get my foot in the door. And it was just magic how doors just opened. And boom, yeah, we're going to have a group interview next week, and I'll call them and went to the group interview, and that happened. There's, I think, just to get my foot in the door with Apple, one of the best companies I must say I've ever worked for, for a trillion-dollar company to treat their employees so well. That's good to to hear. Yeah, blow my mind. Apple, great company, how they treat their people. Because one of their main things is uh, our soul is our people. (laughs) Yeah. Not the customer. It's your own people. I like that. To the customer. So, anyway. I got three or four interviews just to get my foot in the door and to get uh, to a next position to be another three interviews. And they're they're very thorough, um, very graceful, um, thoughtful, brilliant in how they run things. Uh, They change so much, but it keeps you on your toes because that's one thing that's constant is change. (laughs) That's one thing you want. So you want some stability in your life. No, now it's all new and blah, 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 you know, new phone, whatever, new product comes out. But yeah, Apple, what a wonderful company, and that lasted for eight and a half years. So I'm teaching, and if you work part-time for Apple, you have to work a full weekend, six to eight hours on a Saturday and Sunday. Oh, wow. That's that's a commitment. Oh, yeah. So you're 12 to 16 hours on the weekend, and then a couple hours during the week nights. So it'd be like a Tuesday, Wednesday, I'd have to run home from from teaching, change clothes, take out the dog, and then run to... Apple and work until into the night, and that after eight and a half years, yeah. <laughs> doing both of those, uh, you get a little plaque every you know five years. So I was going for my ten year run, but eight and a half I lasted. Is just uh, I'm getting older, getting tired, tireder, tireder, more tired. It works. And yes, which <laughs> is fun. Uh, had a friend that uh, is a former cop, and he got into radiology. And he was telling me a little bit about what he does, the hospital level now, and uh, his MRI. And he's like, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And he showed me some images, which then, you know, an axial T2 brain, an axial T1 brain meant nothing to me. But now I know exactly what that is. And I also do photography. That's another thing. You know, I'm a Canon guy. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with Nikon, just a Canon guy. Uh, so I did photography on the side as well. You know, computer consulting. I did that on the side as well. still do, but just less. So, you know... Yeah, you know, many many jobs, and then I'm also working at a at a sports bar, just running food and just seeing all the behind the scenes on on how the uh, sports bar works, and and then meeting wonderful people that way. But you know, doing that as well on a Friday night. Yeah. So spreading myself very thin, but you know, I, I guess I I love to work like like my, like my dad did, and that was nature versus nurture. That was more nurture, I suppose. Because at heart, I think we're all lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so how long was uh, MRI school? MRI school. Uh, it's just two years associates, which pays me more than my four-year bachelor's, which blows my mind. It should be a four-year bachelor degree because of all that goes into it. I didn't have a, a lot of self-teaching um, because 
being from a background of education, you realize taking the text from a book and putting it to a slideshow and then reading it to you is not teaching. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much inflection you use. Right. But a lot of it was self, self-taught and you had the labs and it just, I learned it. I love it, loved it then. I love it now. What do you love about it? I love the hands-on. Uh, for me, being an introvert, and that's a whole journey, becoming, um, I guess, an introvert living an extrovert's life. And what really helped me with that, I'll chase this rabbit, because it helped me in teaching, is, let me, let me go back even further. Sure. A fear. Speaking in public, terrified. I never wanted to take speech. I have to take speech in college or there's a speech class in high school. Terrified. I actually got by with interpersonal communication. <laughs> so for your <laughs> introverts there, there's a class. <laughs> You're not alone up there. You're, you speak in a group. So, so I got that. But then I took a humanities class. And during that time, I had, you know, made bad decisions, dropped out of this engineering school, and I grew my hair long, but I took this humanities class to pursuing a degree. And they had this part of the humanities, you know, the arts. We did this little skit, a little theater, and I played this grandfather sitting behind this makeshift piano telling the story to the granddaughter of Chopin. And I had a great memory, and I still do, thank the Lord for that. <laughs> But I can memorize my lines. As an introvert, you really don't have a script. That's where we're lost. We will ask these questions. My mom was a great question asker. And it's like, did you ask this? And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask any questions you know, from the person I met. But you just have a hard time, I guess, at parties or gatherings because you just don't know how to start engage conversation. And do you care? <laughs> Maybe not. But that really helped me. Because I had words, and they were not my words, it was a script, and I could memorize them. And then, as you know, getting into mm-hmm. theater, once you know the words, and you have fun with it, and the ad-libbing happens, and just the fun creativity, just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a blast. And that was a great discovery, learning that, which helped me speak in front of people, and I did community theater, and just memorize the lines, and again, you have fun. So, I got to think, what, Billy Shakes? Shakespeare said, what, all life is a stage, the world is yes. a stage. yep. It is. It's, it's how you present yourself every day. And then do you actually present yourself honestly to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> That's the catch. But it's how you present oneself. And, and that helped me become, an, uh, I guess, an introvert, living extrovert's life as a teacher. You know, that was my stage. Yep. That's my lesson plan. Here's my script. And here's what we're going to do today. Mm-hmm. So that really helped me uh, even working in retail at Apple. Because now I'm in front of people and they're upset. With their phones and turn them around with your whole life in this device, and yeah. now it's not there, and that's a huge disconnect. Yeah, especially if you're so attached, and we are attached to these devices. Too much. So, so I learned that. So a lot of skills with Apple. They teach you how to communicate. You ask permission, and you acknowledge them. And you know, it's the empathy and the sympathy and all that. And that's another thing I love about MRI is these people are hurting. Wow. I have seen, you know, like I said, I work at the level one trauma hospital now. And these people are hurting. And can you think? And I can love on them and take care of them. I like to say, I hope you feel better after it. And another thing, I'm sorry, you're going to ask me a yep. question, but another thing I love about MRI, you know, is that the, and all that learning how to be with people. I love 
taking care of the people. And I'm in it for me, for MRI. I'm not because, oh, I got into healthcare because I love people and blah, blah, blah. No, I got into it for me because I'm fascinated with the technology. Right. And it's magnets and radio frequencies. He's got these amazing images and there's no ionic radiation you take home with you like you do with CT and X-ray. And as long as you can deal with the claustrophobia, if you have any, and, and the loud noises, which we take care of with you know hearing protection, and, and the time it takes lying still, we get some amazing images, and you get to go home without any ill effects. And that's, that's another reason why I love MRI. Um, you get to be the introvert because sometimes you're, you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. You should have another person with you, but you're usually you know, scanning various jobs by yourself, maybe another X-ray CT guy behind you or whatever. And then you have that other personal piece where you're taking care of this individual. And like I said, with, with what I'm doing now, they could die on it just like that. I mean, mm. yeah, I got anesthesia cases, and, and, and it's intense seeing that. But I think it's so stinking cool what I do. It's like, I'm going to do this in the classroom. This is real hands-on. I love the hands-on. I learned something very uncomfortable um, doing IVs, you know. Not so much blood draws, that's more phlebotomy, but piercing <laughs> an artery, a vein, getting a good stick, and, you know, learning the different gauges, sizes of all the needles and catheters and butterflies and all the language. And there's a lot of Greek and, and Latin in it, in the medical terminology. Yep. And I love language, so give me more of that. <laughs> um, but the big anxiety I had to get over and now I've gotten better at. And you just have to get better by doing. And you make mistakes. And you're dealing with something and causing somebody's pain if you don't get that vein just right. And that was very, like I said, invasive for me, I think puncturing somebody's venous system. So I have the technology piece a, qu- a question. Sure. Why is an MRI tech piercing veins? Why well, at the I, outpatient level. Well like and, and please know that, that I have yeah. never spent a night in a hospital. Like knock on wood, mm-hmm. I th- fractured from dodgeball, this pinky, and I've dislocated my little toe. Like I know nothing. Gotcha. So why would an MRI tech have to learn that to... So we have some cases that involve contrast. It's not the CT contrast, which is iodine-based. And if you've had that, if you're allergic to shellfish, that sort of thing, you'd have probably an allergic reaction of anaphylactic, anaphylactic shock. We can't breathe. Your throat closes up on you. And we don't have that. And that's a normal reaction is, oh, you feel warm all over, and oh my goodness, am I peeing? No. <laughs> so, so that's the CT iodine based, and you call that more like dye contrast. I don't really call MRI contrast dye so much because it's gadolinium, it's on the periodic table, and it has a, what's called a chelate that is a shell around each atom. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'd you know, burn you up because it is radioactive, but it's got a protective shell around it, and it does adhere to abnormal tissue. So if you're looking for a mass lesion or anything with infection, like a lot of post-surgery stuff, there might be infection, uh, maybe some neuralgia, or um, we had to do contrast studies. So we take pictures without contrast. We call it with and without, but you take the without pictures first, inject the contrast, and then it goes through the system, depending on what you look at, where you inject, because um, it could be an arthrogram, it could be on your shoulder, which is injected by a radiologist. You know, usually your shoulders or knees or any joints is done with a radiologist, and it's usually called an arthrogram. They inject it and they quickly come over in your 
and then get scanned. Okay. We don't do any further injecting, but that's a different injection. What we do more is venous, and it goes through the venous system, and like for brains, looking for masses or lesions in the kidneys, pancreas, uh, anywhere, right, infection on a toe, you know, oh, wow. as far as, yeah, throughout the body, so it goes out the body very quickly. We do a dynamic, these are a lot of fun. Uh, we do a, uh, usually a triple brain, and that's doing a brain without, and we do the uh, arteries in your brain. Mm-hmm. Send, we call it the circle of Willis. There's an MRA, arthrogram of the brain, but we're looking at the arteries of the brain, like the cow. We call it, you know, we're going to do a cow, the circle of Willis, mm-hmm. C-O-W, cow. So we run a cow, and then we split that up. So it's a lot of also Photoshop. We get to chop up oh. like, parts of that venous system. Okay. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. You can see it spin around. Oh, it's just so much fun. So I love that part also uh, is the post-production. But then we get the carotids, and we run a couple without contrast, and then you do the contrast one, and it takes 13 pictures because our venous system, our heart rate, beats differently one person to the next. So mm-hmm. other people, the flow of blood is, is less. But I get in there, and it's, and it's really hands-on. I could use a power injector, but this is a lot more fun, and power injector just takes too much time to set up. But I do it by hand, and you get all ready. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you get the contrast set up, and the timing, and you do it at the same time, and you shoot it in, and you back it up with a bunch of uh, saline, make sure you get it all going through the line. And, uh, and it takes 13 pictures as it goes through, and usually number seven or number five is, is the good one. The good one. And then you get to cut that up, and then spin around, and... Yeah, so that part, yeah, is a lot of fun. But yeah, you use contrast for that to get a good carotid. You see that flow, and it's all about the timing. You also do one for the abdomen flow going through the liver, and sometimes you have to wait up to 20 minutes for a liver study. For it. You get like a minute after, maybe 90 seconds, 3 minutes, 5 minutes, or 15 to 20 minutes after you inject contrast to see how it goes through the liver, the pancreas, they're looking for a like all the pain and lesions. It's just fascinating to see the difference between a cyst and a lesion or just like a little blood clot. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's just way cool. And you try to guess. You're not the radiologist. <laughs> this is like a doctor, doctor, radiologist. But you try to guess and then I look at the report after to see if I'm right. And see, it's like, what did I do? Did it really help somebody? And that's what I love is um, you know, Paul Harvey's the other side of the story, not the other half of the story. I get to see the other half of the story is what I'm doing making an uh, affecting or affecting someone else's life. Am I doing good? And, and I get to see that, and it's very fulfilling that way. Have you, can you tell, think of a patient that has touched you in a way, like the, that they were super scared and you were there for them, or they yeah, made you like laugh? Yeah, turned them around. You turned them around. Um, yeah, a lot of them can make you laugh, because sometimes there's this altered mental status. <laughs> and, and they're just, and so some are so cute. Some, it's so sad. This one, she had dementia. She was so sweet. She was all, thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. She was just so thankful. And it's just like, Aww. that's how we should be. We should be always thankful. She was thankful for everything. And that's all she pretty much knew how to say. It's like, it was touching me now. Just being thankful. Uh, gratitude. Gratitude. Yes. So that one was really special. But she, oh, she was hurting. Where was her... Oh, I'm guessing she was hurting because she... It was his four brain. We were just doing... She was a dementia patient. Maybe a stroke. Oh, no. She was just very thin. Just, thank you, thank you. She was just not there. Mm -hmm. Just not there. Um, 
has now been doing this new career, has this inspired you to move it forward? Like, is there another area of medicine? I want to do cardi- cardiology. What is that? Which, I mean, a, a cardiac scan, which is scanning a heart. And so you, you don't do that now? The, I don't do that now. It's, it's one of the, there's many, many different scans of the body. But for the heart, uh, that's more of a specialty. You have to get really good at it because Ooh. the heart's always moving, right? Mm-hmm. You can hold your breath. Thank but you. you just can't make that heart. Okay, be still. <laughs> MRI. And now. Yeah, you know, a shortest scan of the MRI is maybe, you know, maybe two seconds for a little, I think it's the shortest little snapshot of looking for a little pancreas inside. But, but usually, you know, there can be 10, depending on the scanner, 15 minutes just for one sequence. But they're usually two to three, you know. One, one minute long. So uh, how long is your, sh- like a regular shift for you? How long? Eight hours, ten hours? Well, that depends. Right oh. now, it's it's a 12-hour overnight, which is learning how to become a vampire. And yeah. just, that's just odd. Um, outpatient, you know, it's during the daytime. You can sometimes it's late as 10 o'clock at night for outpatient with, you know, not the hospital, but with, you know, other third party. Do you, how many, so in an in a overnight shift, how many scans do you do? Or it depends on how many patients are okay, there. Okay, for me now, as fast as I can get them, you, you fight with the nurses not being ready. Um, oh, no. Some patients have to be pre-medicated. Um, transportation. Overnight, you have one person transporting. So you got them sharing the load of the whole hospital. You know, you have the emergency department always sending people out of the emergency department to floor or, you know, discharging them. But they're the priorities. I get them out because, you know, ED, that's, you know, they've got trauma there, too. So they're trying to, you know, get that all handled, and that's the priority, is all those. I mean, you got the ICUs, and, and usually those, sometimes you have a pump. It's not, you just don't bring the patient down. Sometimes they have an IV with a pump, pumping them full of fluids, medication, um, or that Michael Jackson one, uh, propanol. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. about that. It's, it's this milky one. It's, just, it's like, yeah, I come as an am. this is the propanol, and that's just making them all... Unconscious, and, uh, yeah. So, and you want them still, so that's a good one if they can handle it. And so, then you might have two pumps, and an MRI I only can handle up to two pumps. So we have to wait to get them down to two pumps if they have more than that. Um, and then if they're vented, you learn about that term, which is the whole thing down <laughs> your trachea that is giving you oxygen, making you breathe. Then uh, you have a third person, so you have a nurse transport, uh, maybe a PCT little helpful nurse person, and then you have the RT, respiratory technologist, technician um, It really is a team. That. So, when, yeah, when you're doing an ICU case, then they're vented, then, sh- okay, you got to get that one RT overnight, right? You yeah. One person. Yep. you got to share with the whole respiratory deal, and then have them go through the doorway, make sure you're all MRI safe, because, you know, anything that's fairish... With MRI, it's also fascinating. There's four different types of magnetic susceptibility, and we always think, metal, it's, uh, it's going to fly through the air. But no, you know, gold, mm-hmm. silver, does, you know, it's not like iron. So you learn about iron. Anything that can, you know, contains the iron is a problem. Fillings? So fillings, no, uh-uh. Okay. They are not, not ferrous. But since they are metal, they will give out what we call artifact, which is anything that is black, that is dark in, in any modality, X-ray, CT, that's pretty much air. So you see something dark that's either air or it could be a metal artifact, and you can tell with the metal it's all dark, but then on the penumbra of it, it's a little white shine. Gotcha. So your dental stuff can 
get into some brain scans, and definitely if we're looking for TMJ, can mess up that scan for sure. Mm. But it depends on how much like braces <laughs> can really shine <laughs> a whole lot. Braces yeah. shine. Yeah, braces really, really shine. But uh, you, you get them all in the room, make sure they're MRI safe, and you got to make sure that you know your watch is off. You know, it's not going to fly through the air, but it might cause damage to the accelerometer that's inside of it. Oh. Um, scissors, yeah, that those are stainless steel that they can fly through the air. Scissors can fly through the yeah, air. Yeah, because they're mainly made out of. You know, oh my iron. God! It's not so, running with scissors, but flying with scissors. Yeah, so we learn an MRI. You take a paper clip and you hold it, and if you let go, it can go forty miles an hour. It's called the missile effect, right into the bore of the magnet. And oh. the higher these are one point five Tesla, and you learn about what Tesla means and Gauss and all that. We got a three Tesla magnet. It's, it's even more powerful. I've seen barrettes fly out of a woman's <laughs> head. Really? Or poker chip? Oh yeah, the guy lies down. Make sure all your pockets are empty. Poker chip flies out of his pocket. It's like, clang, what was that? Looking at the bore. <laughs> so that's why poker chips are all heavy, because, it, yeah, it's got that little metal, it's got a ferrous piece of metal inside a poker chip. It was this lucky so poker chip. It was this lucky, yeah, this lucky poker chip. Yeah, but you can't get too close to the scanner, close to the scanner, and the more draw, and have like an ID with one of those retractable spring things. Yeah. And the metal clip that clamp onto my my scrubs, get too close to the magnet, it was like, Dragons sometimes snap right off, but now I got a nice little plastic one and it works. It works just fine. But uh, yeah, you get the whole team in there, so overnight, you know, it's not just not you and somebody, and then you know, they, they could pass on on you and they die. You know, I've had a, actually when I was doing my externship, I had a patient that was seizing. She was there for a seizure brain. Oh, wow. And she started seizing during one of the, you know, you stop everything, you go in there, and, and you can't panic. And, and, and I don't, kind of different experiences that I guess. <laughs> I don't panic about anything anymore. But have you ever seen emergency people go to the fireman or EMR, go to an, an, an incident? They're not running. They're walking to it because they have to trip and fall. They damage equipment. They damage themselves. Then what good are they? Oh. So you see them. They always walk calmly, making sure that they're going to get there safely. safely. Hmm. Yeah. So you keep that in mind, too. I'm just went in there. You know, do what you can for the people. But uh, So overnights, yeah, how many can I do? Uh, the other night I did 13 scans <gasps> with about eight people. So you could have one person, one scan, or, you know, like a triple brain, there's three scans. <laughs> or you do uh, a cervical spine, a thoracic spine, a lumbar spine, with and without, that's in almost two hours. Oh, wow. They have to lie there still for two, two. hours. No, I can't pull you out and pull you back in because you look at the XYZ coordinate where I... Oh. First locate you, and we're talking about slices, millimeter, three millimeter slices. We're talking about movement that needs to match up. I just can't pull you out and pull you in and have you sit up and take a break, and then, no, and now I have to relocate you, and i got to re... Yeah, it's just... This, it's yeah, a commitment. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. And oh. just the other night, I left one for the day because I just couldn't get to it, but it was uh, multiple sclerosis, the MS protocol. They did the whole brain, spine, with and without. That's a two-and-a-half-hour tour. Ugh... And she was complaining, you know, you know, pains and spine and all that. That first turned out, it was just a, just a thoracic lumbar. She's in back pain, but then it's like, oh, a little more knowledge, a little more testing. Oh, you might have MS, little lady in your thirties. I was like, what? Oh no! How'd you like to have that news? And they did the whole. And it was it was a two and a half hour study that I was not a part of. Right. That was day shift, and yeah, I don't have to deal with the pacemakers because you just can't get the. Pacemaker people, they're up nights and weekends. They have a life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have 
So pacemakers wait to the, the weekday. Okay. If it's an anesthesia case, they have the anesthesiologists, which are some of the most picky people in the world, but they're brilliant, and they've got to <laughs> make sure that not only you go to sleep, but you wake back up. Yeah, that, I, I like to wake up. That's yeah. nice. That was another case. We had at the other hospital oh, no. that I'm running at. Yeah, we hadn't even we got them on the table to start scanning them just for a lumbar. Just they're going feet first, not head first. They're going feet first, just for their lumbar spine, and they put them under, and all of a sudden, boom, their uh, heart rate just drops. And mm. You see the line huh, just go steady. You see beep. And you see that these little blip, and then he get, he gets them back. We didn't have to call code. Oh. He got them back. Injected a little something something, and. Uh, Got him back, and we did not scan him, but he was not waking up. He was like, wake up, Mr. So-and-so. And, uh, yeah, he would not wake up, and I was there the, the whole time. And uh, they finally called stroke alert, but then all of a sudden I saw his diastolic drop a little bit, and then he woke up. Oh, hello. I said, hello there, Mr. Guy, and he's all pissed. He's like, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to go home, yeah, too. Yeah, but he, they let him go later that day. He's like, holy cow. Well, he just, dude, you just died a couple times, and <laughs> you're going home in the afternoon. Home. Yeah, but, so they let him go. So Brian, after a long shift, intense shift like that, what's something that it'd be you, like a twelve hour, yeah, twelve hour shift overnight? Uh, what is something that you do for your self care, like something just for yourself that you need to do to reset? Oh my goodness, um, it's sleep. You gotta have rest. Yes. Um, a lot of meditation and prayer. I mean, I talk to the Lord a lot, but it, you got to have your sleep. Sometimes I oversleep, and this whole schedule, it messes with my body, with my appetite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's bizarre doing that. I just say, like, what day is it? Because my day overnight is actually two days. Mm-hmm. So was that yesterday or today? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> time can really play tricks with your mind. Yes, it can. And just having to learn how to, you know, even take my vitamins. I I. Super B complex is wonderful and zoom zoom. It's like highly <laughs> um, strongly advise you taking some Super B because I had to take that. I was taking that in the evening time and then I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And my multi. Yeah. So I had to take it in the mornings. I take my other vitamins, you know, at the evening time. But I take my multi, which also has some B in it, and I take my Super B complex in the morning, and that get me through my day. So the two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon tireds were not there. So right. that's what I say. Take the Super B complex. But now I take that. I'm taking a lot of vitamins when I do an overnight shift. I take that. Um, Mountain Dew. God, I love the Mountain Dew. But I'm surprised. You, you got to do that. I can do that. And coffee is, I haven't had coffee in a long time because usually that's my little morning ritual. Mm-hmm. But then my mornings and the afternoons, evenings, and it just throws my whole schedule off and just doesn't seem right. There's <laughs> 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 a soda time, not a coffee time. Right. Um, so I have the Mountain Dew. And around the 11 to midnight hours, almost 1 o'clock, that's when you really want to, I guess, nourish yourself with that to get you through that, that morning. But then, and I don't get the, the jitters. I, you know, space that out between those times. But you got to yeah. do it during that so you have that time for that. So then you're aware, like, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning is like nothing. You have to be... Johnny on the spot. Yeah. People, yeah. For you, that's very important to take care of yourself because uh, people's lives are at stake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never had a black belt, but you talk about, um, well, I've even got some self defense, but you talk about being in the yellow, always being aware, always watching your back. I have 
friend that did have a black belt, and he says, so I'm going to teach him, but beware of your surroundings. No. So, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Makes <laughs> sense. Beware of your surroundings. Always, always watch your back. We're so involved with our phones now, but yeah, you always be had your head on a swivel with MRI. You know, I'm looking at my screen. Yeah, if I got a nurse there, we got to look at the stats for the for the pulse ox and the heart rate and the pressures and all that. And then I, if they have a pump, I got to make sure I have that green blinking light inside the scanning room. And of course, keep my eyes on on the patient, whether or not they're under or not. And look back at my screen again. So, you know, somebody pops in. It's like there's so much. You know, the phone rings. Stimulus. So much going on. It's like making breakfast. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. There's so much going on. You pop the toast, you got the bacon, you got mm. the eggs that don't take too long. You know, you got so much going on. And I, I think I just adrenaline piece. I love that. There's so much going on, but then whew, you come down and coming down is gonna be hard. You need your rest, but you go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. And and all this. Yes, you really got your sleep. You need your sleep. Oh, hands down, I totally agree. But in, in all this, are you in a relationship? Yes, I have a wonderful supporting wife, and that's difficult with the different times, you know, her teaching during the day, and then and then she keeps a wonderful home. So Yes, she does. It's a beautiful home. So just trying to be quiet. Um, we've got the blackout drapes. But trying to be quiet when she's trying to be clean and productive, and it's hard for her to sit still, bless her heart. Aww. Yeah, and we got the puppies, and, you know, and he... Let's everybody know that he's there for them. and It's all about him. That Please pet him. So he's got his bark going on. Um, and she tries to silence him. But, yeah, she, she's wonderful supporting. Um, but, yeah, it's it's difficult, the conflicting schedules. schedules. But then, you know, I've got my time off. This, another reason why I got into MRI is to work less and make more. Mm-hmm. And when my friend was showing me the images and turning me on to the photography aspect, you know, it's like, how much money did you make last year? And he tells me, this was like, and how often do you work? Oh, my. But yeah, and he's he does the midnights. You get paid more when you work nights and weekends. But yeah, it's it's tough those midnight shifts. Yes, those overnight shifts. Um, how did you meet your wife? Uh, through uh, through teaching. Uh, not only did I do middle school, but I taught professional development, and this is a lot of fun. Is teaching teachers and administrators, people your same age. Educational, it was educational technology then, and that's how he had met. We just knew each other forever, and just finally, okay, got together. But known here, whew, oh my goodness, 15, 18 years, long time. And it, oh my gosh, after all that time. All that time, yeah. Just stayed in touch, and, and just meet somebody that, you know, spiritually and philosophically and, and politically, it is important you are aligned. Yes. Because, I mean, Let's say you're not aligned when you have a relationship, and then you make it work. That's fine. But your vote can cancel each other out. It's like, if you're on the same page, whatever you vote for, you got two votes versus zero. (laughs) 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 If you can think of it that way. And and to me, and just learning two things, it's like, yeah, that makes a happier household. And and I think it goes way down deeper than that, your whole worldview on how you view things. It's that perspective. And we're just so aligned. You know, the Bible talks about being equally yoked and we're not fighting each other. If you're together, locked in together, you're not fighting each other and you're moving the same way. Oh, 
it's so much more pleasant. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is. Finding each other, right. no matter what it is, and, and it's not perfect, you know. We have our different things. She doesn't like the scary movies. You know, we're both TV addicts. We we still have that, but I love these scary movies and nice. and, and that, so she can't watch them. So I was like, oh, I had that little disconnect, but you know, you make that work. And I look at my parents. You know, he was the sports guy. My mom loves the movies, girl, and he is in his study and his. Yeah. Lounger watching the sports, you know, you have their different roles and they still love each other and all that and, you know, enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. But when it came to that time, he watched the sports and she watched her little movies and it, and it all worked. So, you know, it all works. That's the only disconnect, you know, if I watch a scary movie. Oh, now we're not on the couch together, you know. Yeah. But, you know, oh well. Uh, how long have you guys been married? Uh, let's see here. It's going to be one year come October. I think just, you know, numbers are a lot of fun. So, we got married 10 10 2020. Oh, <laughs> uh, how charming! Yeah, so I just thought that it'd be a lot cooler on that Halloween because you could have that you know, it's bloom, you know, the blue moon is a full moon, yeah, the the Halloween moon of 2020. Yep, would have been cool, but 10 10 2020, as far as numbers go, that, that's pretty cool. That is cool. What, um, what, what, what kind of ceremony did you have in our backyard? We have the new house, and yep, just very few people, it's the whole the COVID times yeah so small people small people gathering i had one friend from colorado that was uh facetiming ah the (laughs) wedding yeah the wedding so i had that set up on the stand and had a friend that i just my gun gold guy just turned out to be friends and he's such good people. You meet good people. He's just he's done so much. He's a notary public and he's a minister. Oh <laughs> so wow! Not only do I do I purchase my guns and my gold and whatever jewelry I need to have done or something. He's my guy, but he's a good friend and and he ministered our wedding just like that. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it was really nice. His big old cowboy hat. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I did have the whole Bluetooth thing, so you know. People were filming it, so I had my photographers already because people already have their phones. Everybody's yeah. a photographer and videographer, so they had that. Excuse me. And then uh, I had my Bluetooth speaker with the wedding, classical wedding march. Yeah. So you see me bring out my phone. It's like, Brian, you're on your phone? Yeah, I just catch on the latest, latest tweet. No. Of course. No, I was turning off the music because it's time for the whole presentation. Former Apple guy, former Apple yeah. genius, by the way. Thank you for that day that you came. To, I bribed you. Yeah, to come to my house. Cheese, meat, we had a shark. So it was good. A charcuterie board with mm. some red wine because my Mac was being shenanigans, and I had my own Apple Genius mm. come to my home. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you. And you guys don't have human babies. You have fur babies. Oh yeah, I got a little fourteen-year-old Roxy, little Dachshund, We're- and then uh, then we got little Flynn. He's uh, He's six. What is Flynn, by the way? <laughs> he looks... I think he's Karen Terrier in the front and Chihuahua in the back. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got some... Those little telltale signs and little rear feet of Chihuahuas and that whip tail and that little Chihuahua butt. <laughs> he and looks... the attitude, little Chihuahua attitude, I suppose. He looks... He has a melange look to him, like a blend of... Yeah, he looks like an old man. He's... <laughs> he's all the little white highlights. You know we're talking about you. Oh, he's coming over. He's coming over. He needs a trim, though, but I love his mane. What, um... And the little Fu Manchu whiskers he's got. And the little spike. Where did you get him? Okay. Okay. So a good friend and I, we're going to, uh... Yeah, we're talking about you. Shop for dogs. So we're going to go to the Humane Society that's on this one street. I usually go down, but... 
So you go down the street, and the, but on the north side, before you get to there, uh, there's this little small dog rescue. So you pop in there, and you got a bunch of chihuahuas. Oh, my goodness, just everywhere. But he's in there, the same room with all these little cheese, and he's going, hi, 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 just yeah. jumping along with his paws on his little hind legs, you know, following you along the glass as you're walking, looking at all the different varieties and options. And then, well, looks like he's chosen me. Let's check him out. <laughs> did you pick Daddy? Yeah. You picked Daddy. Yes, he did. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. And then I named him Flynn because of the, of the time I was reading Gone Girl ah, by Jillian Flynn. Flynn, yeah. It was like, what things in my life right now can I make meaning out of? It's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to call him Jillian or Gil. <laughs> Flynn. Hey, that's a good name. That's a name. good name. Yes. And what about the Dachshund? Dachshund. Roxy. I don't know where the name came from for Roxy, but she seems to be fitting. Please. I don't know the story on the Roxy name. Shame on me for not knowing that. Where'd she come from? Oh, well, I think six weeks she had her. Like, right? Tiny, she's a miniature doxy. She's doesn't have back problems because she's so muscular and meaty as well. Um, and then tinier. But uh, in her hand, she said that's how tiny she was. Oh. So small. I think probably from a breeder. Yeah, because I think she had her pick. She's adorable. Yeah. And then what do you have in the backyard? Oh, we got we've got a tortoise and the wonderful <laughs> uh, a snoring desert tortoise. So we got it from Game and Fish. You can make your donation, so we did. But you can get a free tortoise. And then the news I just read last week or so, uh, we have a hundred or so tortoises that need homes. I saw that. Yeah, and I was reading the article. I was like, oh, there's what's their face. We, she handed us our, our turtle, our tur- tortoise. You know, it's not a turtle. Turtles are in water. Tortoises on land, and they don't walk super slow unless they're really cold. But she will get trucking. You think a tortoise will, will move? Oh, oh, she she'll move. It's surprisingly fast. But it's like, oh, that's not the stereotype I had in my head. At this point in time, uh, does the turtle have a name? By the way, uh, so clever. So she's a Sonoran desert. Tortoise, so Desi, huh? <laughs> yeah, a good one. Desi. And we're thinking it's a girl. I mean, you're supposed to be able to tell when they're maybe older than six or seven. She's supposed to be five or six. I mean, they didn't know when they got her. I mean, it's, it's like when you get dogs. I'm guessing Flynn, I don't know his birthday. You know, I wasn't right. there. Mm-hmm. So you guesstimate. We can't really verify uh, her gender or sex right now. But you're supposed to be able to tell if you turn them underneath. You have this little, I forget the name of this, but it's under their throat. It's part of the shell, bottom mm-hmm. shell. And it extends further. It's more male, so they can fight and flip over the other tortoises. That, yes, I and heard something this. also around the whole danger zone in the tail region. It's supposed to be to tell oh. shapes or, yeah. So, at this point... We don't know yet. We call her Desi. Desi. And she's also very particular with her food. It's oh. like she's supposed to eat tomatoes, right? They're supposed to be a treat. And you're not supposed to feed them tomatoes with the sugars and all that. They live so old, they also die slowly. Since they live so long, they will die slowly. Aww. So they won't tell you quickly. It's like, this is not supposed to be feeding me this. It's supposed to be more of the grasses. Yeah, the green leaf lettuce, not so much. Um, so how much How much do you think Desi right now weighs? Oh. Oh, my. Almost a pound? And how big is Desi going to get? Snoring Desi tortoise says, well, my guess without Googling it... Um, I remember taking a hike and seeing this Sonoran Desert tortoise. 
You hear some bushes rustling. Yeah. It's not a snake. Well, it could be a snake, but it could be a tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> sure enough, this little bush rustle hiking in the mountains in the valley here uh, is a tortoise. And she, if I can imagine, just the shell from point to back was maybe 16, 18 inches. Okay. Long. So bigger than a basketball in diameter, right? Mm-hmm. And basketball and a half in diameter or length. But she right now is like a like a dinner plate, eight. like a little saucer plate. Yeah, like a little yeah, your salad plate. Eight inches. And she pokes her head out and her little feet. Out. <laughs> but yeah, and then you learn about pyramiding. All the different. They shouldn't have a lot of bumps. That's what I call it. Bumps. Each little section. Like little, we'll call it a hexagon. On their shell. Area on their You're shell. T- okay. On the shell on the outside, the helmet, right? Mm-hmm. The shell. Um, usually you see a lot of bumps. It should be smooth. But all that, and it's called pyramiding, is not good when you see pyramiding on a tortoise. What does it mean? And that's, I think, too much protein. Oh. Uh, something like that. Keratin, something on your diet is, is off. Gotcha. And huh. that takes a long time for the pyramiding to happen. Again, you don't know something's wrong. Right. Because they live so long. And we'll have to put her in the will. Or oh, trust. We, yeah, because... You, you've already heard about that. Yeah, she's going to live longer than us. <laughs> well, now it's time for the fun six questions. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. All right, question number one. Meal of a lifetime. What is your dream meal? Wow, I've had some great steaks. But you always see... This fancy lamb chop thing with a little frou frou. Yep. But I've never had that, but I love meat and just meat on the bone is supposed to be amazing or something like that. That is some wonderful potato, you know, cheese conglomeration whipped up, you know, something like that. Because, you know, I love the whole prime rib meal with the horseradish and all that. Um, so you got to have that little fancy. Back of lamb, whatever that's mm-hmm. called. I don't know what it's called either, but it, I love lamb. Um, that would be amazing. Some potatoes, some delicious little Cheesy. veggie. Yeah. Ooh. Some little sauces to dips, dip it in. Perfect. All right. Yeah. What is your favorite board game? And I'm going to expand it to card game as well as uh, video games. Oh, wow. Well, I'll stick to board game. I think the game we played a lot was was life the game of life oh yeah a lot of fun you little kids and then you think about because it's just like i always wanted you know like a boy and a girl twins or two boys and two girls so they can play with each other and then you think of life it's like no i don't want that <laughs> <laughs> can i get yeah, dogs instead yeah, of the pink right. and the blue can i get yeah. brown and gray if you just retire so easily either retire you know <laughs> super rich or you're just a philosopher in the country it's just like that's the option in life that's great great um, um, but we played that a lot. Nice. Um, cards, I guess we'd like to play Phase 10. That's a fun game. Video games, well, I got that little guy in there. I miss playing um, Robotron or Berserker. Oh. I don't think I have those on there. On the, on the video those game. Those would be a lot of fun. Question number three. First song you remember liking. You know, you're listening to the radio, you're at school, you're in the car. Okay, my I grew up <laughs> on country classics, and then classical like Montavani, 
which you listen to Monty Python now, and it's just like, there's just too many strings. <laughs> ah, but then I heard secular music. Oh. And it was Steve Miller Band. Steve Miller Band. And it was, it was first, um, oh, there's Threshold, there's that weird intro song, I think it's called Threshold, and then it went into that next song. I am no use to you. Yep, look Steve it Miller up, Mister. This, this is the answer to the question, Steve Miller Band. <laughs> Maybe I'll like, oh yeah, that's the name of that. Go for it, Apple Genius on your phone. <laughs> Apple. Was it just Jet Airliner? Steve Miller. Keep on rocking me, baby. I don't know. I'll see here. I don't know. I'm not. I'm gonna play after this ad. Sure. I want to listen to. You. <laughs> I got eight seconds for this ad. Sure, we can handle it. Don't forget to follow Nat. At Nat is fascinated uh, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Jet Airliner. Threshold was right before this. Okay. And you got to hear Threshold because it's just like what. Um, Remember, for copyright, I can't have too much of the song. I know. That's all you're going to hear. Cool. Steve. So this song was right before that song. I was just like, what? <clears throat> yeah. This is Threshold, which is right before Jet Airliner. And it does that. It's the intro for it. And then... That song. And then you hear Jet Airliner. So, Threshold and the Jet Airliner is like, wow. And then we also had these old songs like Car Wash, whoa, 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 and this band called Galactic Funk. Galactic Funk. That was in the 70s. Galactic Mm, Funk. mm, mm. Remember that band? That was, and you don't hear it. There's the bands you don't hear anymore, but that that was, but that song in particular from Steve Miller Band. It was the song. Oh, no, that was the song right there. Threshold, those those two combined, though. I had to have Threshold and the intro before Jetliner. Jetliner. Number four, a movie I need to see. It could be your favorite. It could be something you've seen recently. It could be a movie that was, it's so bad, Nat, you got to see it. <laughs> I'm a movie buff. I've been raised on the classic nice. horror movies. You know, your Bela Lugosi's, and your, you know, your Dracula mummy, various mummies, and Dracula's, um, Frankenstein's, all those black and whites. And I'm not big on the slasher, all those, you no. see all the Jasons, and yeah, yeah. I'm more of the suspense. Yeah. But then I was watching this movie that we all know, and I said, you know what? This movie is by far, out of all the genres, this is my favorite movie of all time. And it's The Sound of Music. You love The Sound of Music? I love the movie The Sound of Music. Okay. Because it's based on a true story. You see yeah. the whole Nazis and how they took over and how people... And I related it to this time right now. We don't have politics. But you see kind of what's happening and then how they're living it before. And then you can hit middle C by singing the song Do Re Mi. And it's just the essentials of music. And you can sing along with this movie and the meaning because it's based on a true story. And it's so well done. And oh, it's got the romanticism, and it's yeah. got the Nazis, and 
And it's just the music, and it carries you away. And you look at it, this is just good, wholesome stuff. Escapism storytelling yeah. at its best. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the sound of music, but a movie you just gotta see. <laughs> no, that, that one totally counts. Okay, there C- you go. Totally counts. There you go. A destination, I don't know if you're a big traveler, but a destination you haven't been yet. Been yet. <sighs> well, I do like camping as far as that traveling, but you always have that introvert anxiety of, oh my goodness, now i got to deal with all this. And, <laughs> oh, no. and and the timing and traveling is always hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. Right? you got to get there two, three hours early, and then you sit there and wait. And I missed airplanes before because I got distracted. They moved from gate to gate, and I was watching my little movie or whatever, and I didn't hear the announcement. And that, that was oh, a fiasco. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, talking about studying, <laughs> staying up all night long. Yeah. Um, traveling. My friends go to Cancun, and that's a possible option this September, but then you got to buy plane tickets probably now because they're the best price right now. Mm-hmm. But then it's like this whole time right now, do I want to go to Cancun? Do, or I just want to stay safe right now. <laughs> it's <laughs> a whole debate. And I got my whole garden I got to start and, yep. and all and, that. But then we also told each other we want to go on a cruise. And I've been on a cruise just overnight from Finland to Sweden. And, and I didn't get this whole seasick. So big boats, not like the little ferries. Yeah. So maybe a cruise after everything dies down. Sure. If it dies down. Who knows? All right. Last question. There is a special place in heaven for people who fill in the blank. Every place in heaven is special. <laughs> um, well, we're told that all the riches we have after we die will go through the fire, and the only thing that will survive are the ones that we have one to Jesus. I guess it's, it's for the Christian. We're told to you know make disciples of all men, and the only thing that will survive and is valuable are people that take you take to heaven with you that accept Christ as, as their Lord and Savior is, is what we're told so I guess those that like Mr. Rogers I can every time he got upset he would say mercy that was the worst word he could come up that's his curse word but those that I guess win those the most that would get the biggest mansion is, is probably a special place I just want to be in heaven <laughs> nice but I think those that have the biggest mansion are those that have won the most the Lord. Perfect. As far as heaven goes, what I have read and believe. Well, yeah. lovely. Well, thank you, Brian, for your time. I really appreciate you. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at the Nat is Fascinated podcast on Instagram. I'll be back. And remember, please have the courage to suck at something new. I have. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. Aren't we all? Yes, we are. Bye.